Good morning, and once again, welcome to one and all to Apostles and to this hour of worship. We are indeed happy and privileged to have you gather with us this morning. Grace, mercy, and peace is yours through the merits of Jesus Christ. And that grace, mercy, and peace is ours to have. It is ours to hang on to, but never forget. It is also ours to share with the people with whom we live, work, and play. This morning, I'd like to direct your hearts and minds to the words of our Lord that are recorded through the pen of King Solomon in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, beginning at verse 10. If you'd like to follow along, you'll find this on page 2 of your service folder. We read, Whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This too is meaningless. As goods increase, so do those who consume them. And what benefit are they to the owners except to feast their eyes on them? The sleep of a laborer is sweet, whether they eat little or much, but as for the rich, their abundance permits them no sleep. I have seen a grievous evil under the sun, wealth hoarded to the harm of its owners, or wealth lost through some misfortune. So when the day of children, there is nothing left for them to inherit. Everyone, everyone, everyone comes naked from their mother's womb, and as everyone comes, so they depart. They take nothing from their toil that they can carry in their hands. This too is a grievous evil. As everyone comes, so they depart, and what do they gain, since they toil for the wind? In all their days they eat in darkness, with great frustration, affliction, and anger. Then, this is what I have observed to be good, that it is appropriate for a person to eat, to drink, and to find satisfaction in their toilsome labor under the sun during the few days of life God has given them, for this is their lot. Moreover, when God gives someone money or wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, to accept their lot and be happy in their toil, this is a gift of God. They seldom reflect on the days of life because God keeps them occupied with gladness of heart. This is the word of our God. My friends, you were not redeemed with such piddly things as money and real estate. Rather, you were redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, a lamb without blemish and defect. That's who you are. Perhaps you remember the game entitled Simon Says. I was really surprised to find out how popular that game still is. Do you realize that it is played in over 20 countries around the world? That simple game teaches little ones to listen closely and to listen carefully. For example, Simon says, jump up and down. Simon says, clap your hands. Simon says, touch your elbow. Close your eyes. Gotcha. Because I didn't say Simon says. See? All right. But did you ever wonder who Simon is? And why should anybody listen to and learn from Simon? Nobody really knows the answer to that question. And yet throughout the world, the name of the game remains Simon Says, except, except among the Hebrews. And among the Hebrews, they switched the name of the game to the King Says. 
And the king that they're referring to is King Solomon. And now we're talking. <laughs> now we're talking. See, we're talking because King Solomon was the second wisest man to ever walk the face of this earth. King Solomon was second in wealth to none in wealth and power and honor. The Queen of Sheba traveled 1,200 miles to have an audience with Solomon, and after spending time with him, she was mind-boggled at his words, his wealth, and his wisdom. Solomon drove Egyptian imports, he drank gold from gold goblets, he used gold utensils, and he owned a, a fleet of sailing ships. But no doubt, the crowning of his work came in the temple that he built in Jerusalem. Today, it is estimated that the grandeur of the temple would cost five, six times that of Levi Stadium. We're talking not five, six, seven billion dollars to build the temple in Jerusalem by today's standards. Okay? And on top of that, three Old Testament books contain Solomon's words and wisdom. So my point is this. Why listen and learn from Simon when we can listen and learn from Solomon? In 936 BC, it was a hot topic. In 2016, it's a hot topic. It's called money. The ins and the outs, the blessing, the curses, the what money can do and what money cannot do, the ups and downs of money. And this morning, Solomon is the one who sorts through this timely topic for us. And so Solomon, not Simon, Solomon says, talk money. And as we do, may the Holy Spirit grant to us listening ears and believing hearts. And as Solomon teaches us, we learn these two timely and timeless truths. If money manages you, you need help. And for you to manage money, there is help. In North America, we are told that there is only one bottomless lake. Do any of you know what lake this is and where it's located? The name of the lake is Crater Lake, and it is located in southern Oregon. Today, right here, right now, there is one bottomless heart. Do you know where it is and to whom it belongs? Here's a hint. If you take your right hand and put it to the left side of your chest, you got it. The one bottomless heart belongs to you and to me. By birth, we come into this world empty, longing to be filled and longing to be fulfilled. There's a void inside of us. And then throughout life, we try to, to, to fill this dark hole, this emptiness, this void with all kinds of things, ranging from cars to cash, from diapers to diplomas, from lust to liquor, from money to, to monopolies, from self to stuff, from work to wealth. And we're never able to fill it, this emptiness that we have by birth. Some of you may recognize the name J.D. Rockefeller. He was a mogul millionaire years ago. He was asked one time, 
how much money does it take to satisfy you? And his answer was, always a little more. See, he was right. He was right. Either knowingly or unknowingly, he was echoing the, the words of King Solomon in, in our text for this morning. But for you and for me, we begin at verse 1 of chapter 5. This is verse 1. Solomon says, when you go to the house of the Lord, go near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools who do not know what they do wrong. This is the verse that sets the stage for what Solomon has to say about money. So please don't think that Solomon is talking about the person sitting next, next to you. Please don't think that Solomon is talking about your boss or your, the CEO of your company. Please don't think that Solomon is talking about some crooked politician or some Wall Street hustler. He's not. He's talking about you and he's talking about me. Whoever loves money never has money enough. You see, the problem isn't money. The problem is with my heart. Whatever I set my heart on becomes my God and my goal. And the human heart is not big enough to have two gods or two goals. By birth, our heart is wishy-washy. It doesn't know who's who, and it doesn't know what's what. Right? By birth, it's kind of like one of my grandsons, or like a little child in a toy store. My grandsons go from one toy to another toy to another toy, another toy, and they want it all, but they can't have anything. See? They come away empty. Right? What's my problem? Not money. My problem is the love of money. Or more specific, it's called idolatry. It's called greed. It is called discontent. It is called selfishness. Right? And these sins are sins that dethrone God from being number one in my heart. See? Sin says, God, you get off your throne because I wanted to be the one to call the shots. And you know what? I like money. I like money. I like what money does for me. I like the advantages I have when I have money. I like the opportunities that I have when I have money. I like the friends when I have money. And you know what else? Money cuts my worrying in half. And it's all true, people. But money can't fill the emptiness in a human heart. Money can't forgive us our sins. Money can't earn God's favor, and money cannot open heaven to anybody. See? That's why Solomon says, as number one, money is a worthless God. It is a worthless goal. And as number one in a, in a human heart, money brings with it frustration, affliction, and anger. Solomon says, talk money. And if money manages you, you need help. And that's why every one of us here needs help. Today, and every day of our life, our only plea will forever be, God have mercy on me, a money lover. Now instead of having money as a number one God or goal, 
Solomon shifts gears and he has us look beyond money. In fact, he has us look beyond all created things, okay, to the creator from whom all blessings flow, including money. We read, Solomon says, This is what I have observed to be good, that it is appropriate for a person to eat, to drink, and to find satisfaction in their toilsome labor under the sun during the few days of life God has given them, for this is their lot. Moreover, when God gives someone money or wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, to accept their lot and be happy in their toil, this is a gift of God. They seldom reflect on the days of their life because God keeps them occupied with gladness of heart. Have you grown weary of living in this existence called life? Has the dog-eat-dog world kind of wore you down? Have family and friends not always been there for you? Have family and friends disappointed you? Have sins of the past Pet peeve sins of the present, do they still pester you? Have you come to realize along life's way how shallow and how hollow money and material things are? Good. Because then there comes a remedy for money lovers like us. And that remedy comes from beyond this created world. This remedy comes from a voice who loves you and me more than you and I will ever know on this side of the grave. And this voice says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burned, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. You'll find rest for your souls. Wonderful. What money can't do, Jesus does do. Jesus fills our greatest longings with his love and his forgiveness. Jesus calms our greatest fears with his abiding presence and his faithful promises. And Jesus promises to continue to take care of our everyday need through his tender love and compassion. So Solomon says, talk money. And for you to manage money, there's help. Namely, Jesus. Here's why. When it comes to managing what the Lord has given us, Jesus through Solomon gives us three simple truths. Really simple. Number one, it's not ours. Number two, it's not known to us. And number three, use it to the glory of God and for the good of others. Let's take a closer look at each one of those simple truths. Okay? Number one, it's not ours. Oh, yeah. You and I can go down to Chase Bank or Wells Fargo Bank and we can get our hands on the money that we have in our savings and checking account. Our TSAs, IRAs, 401s and 403s, they all have our names on it, but it's not ours. None of it is. It's all his. See? Solomon tells us that this is a, a gift to us from God. And how much you and I have, or how little we have, and how long we can keep what we have, is none of our business. That's his business. Okay? The first simple truth about our money is it's not ours. The second simple truth is it's on loan to us. 
It's kind of like that book from, that you get from the library, right? You don't want the dog to tear it to shreds. You don't want to spill your coffee on it, okay? And you don't want to rip the pages because it's not yours. It's only on loan to you and, and to me for, for a couple weeks, see? The same is true with our money. It's on loan to us, okay? And therefore, we don't want to squander it. We don't want to sit on it. We don't want to hoard it. Brings us to number three. Use it. Use it in ways that give glory to God and use it in ways that benefit our fellow man. These are the three simple truths that Jesus gives us through King Solomon when it comes to managing what the Lord has given to us. And that brings us right back to this age-old question. How much money does God want back from us? Okay. How about this? 10% to apostles, 60% for family and fun, 15% for taxes, 10%, I'm sorry, 5% for charity, and the last 10% for retirement and a rainy day fund. That equals 100%. And any financial planner that you talk to would say, Pastor, that's good planning. But not Solomon. Uh -uh. Solomon doesn't say that. Here's what Solomon says. Solomon says, with thanksgiving in your heart for all the blessings that the Lord has given to you and me, okay? With thanksgiving in your heart, you take everything you have and put it back into God's lap. Every single penny. Because only then are we free from the tyranny of money. Freely then, we can take a part of our pension check or our paycheck and give it back to the Lord. And there may be times when we can freely give the Lord more. And there may be times when we can freely give the Lord less. Freely then, we can meet the needs of our families. Freely we can give to the homeless and to the helpless. Okay? Freely we can set aside a sum for retirement or that special vacation. Freely we have received and freely we can give. You see, when it comes to managing what the Lord has given to, to us, man's math doesn't come into play. Not at all. The only thing that comes into play is God's love for us in Christ Jesus. And you know this love. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. My fellow Christians, you are rich. With Jesus in your heart and a dollar to your name, you are the wealthiest people in the world. Without Jesus and all the money in the world, you're lost and condemned sinners. So Solomon says, talk money and continue to talk money. And if and when money manages you, be assured that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you, purifies you, washes away all of your sins. And as you manage whatever the Lord has given you, remember this, he died for all. That those who live would no longer live for me, myself, and I, 
but for him who died for them and was raised again. So, children of God. And in God's kingdom, there are no adults. Even Pastor Hochmuth is a child of God, right? Children of God. Are you willing to play? Are you willing to live? The king says. So listen closely, listen carefully. Solomon, not Simon, Solomon says, Amen. <laughs> Let's do it again, all right? <laughs> Let's do it one more time, okay? Say, all right. Listen carefully, children of God. Listen closely. Solomon, not Simon, Solomon says amen. amen. God, please stand. And now may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.